Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Matthew 16, we've been speaking on revive. Everyone say revive. There's some things that we're believing God to resurrect, to make live again in our lives. And we can find ourselves going on a merry-go-round of life where we're just going in circles. And we just find ourselves going through some ups, some downs, some ups, some downs. And as long as the music's playing, we're not getting anywhere, but we're just going around in circles. I believe that God's wanting to break that pattern in our lives and for us to begin to experience what God really wants for our lives. Starting in verse 18 of Matthew 16, we, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he asks them, who do, you, who do people say that I am? And they respond, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And how many know that's a great group of people to be mentioned in? That, that's, a, that's a great Man, that, that's, they're, they're, it's like saying, hey, what kind of quarterback is he? Well, he's like a Tom Brady. He's like a Joe Montana. I mean, that's great. There's great people to be associated with. But that was a demotion to who Jesus is. So Jesus asked him, who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up for the whole group. And Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, Man has not revealed this to you. In other words, you don't, you're not taught who I am. It's caught. There's certain things in life you can't, be, you can't teach it. You can't, uh, certain things aren't taught. They're caught. There's certain things in life you got to experience. I could preach to you every Sunday about who God is, but until you have an encounter with who God is, you'll never understand what I know. I can talk to you about how good this water is, but until you taste it, you'll never know how it can quench your thirst, how it can take you to new levels. And many of us are just operating on a head knowledge of who God is. You've never experienced it. I'm praying this year that God gives you a snot fest, eyes watery, just a crying, can't bottom lip quivering encounter with God that just jacks you up so much, messes you up so much that you are walking out of this place. I remember the the one thing I loved about my dad is my dad knew how to get me into the presence of God. And I remember one time as a little kid at a church right here off of Center Road here in San Jose, little tiny house. And I was messing around with some other kids, and my mom came to pray with me, and I, I just disregarded her. And she got mad at me, and she said, you want to go to hell? <laughs> and being that snotty-nosed eight-year-old boy, I looked back at her and said, yes. <laughs> then I said, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to hell. <laughs> my dad came over. I thought, I'm dead, because I've been in the back of that church several times and got whipped several times. He came up and he put his arm around me and he just, Jesus, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We just love you, Jesus. I'd be so upset and just sitting there and just like I'm feeling right now, tears would well up in my eyes and I'd start feeling the presence of God, feeling that place. And as an eight-year-old boy, I had an encounter with God that transformed my life. See, I, I can't 
tell you about it. You have to experience the presence of God. You, you can't experience the deity of God while trying to hold on to your dignity. Because God will mess you up. Peter tells him, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, and Jesus does something. You see, when you recognize who Jesus is, Jesus then tells you who you are. He gives a fresh revelation of who you are, and this is what he says in verse 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will, come on, I will And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I almost lost it there for a moment talking about my dad. I went to a place that uh, I wasn't going to come back from in a moment. Um, Jesus says, I will build my church. Now, when Jesus says that, he's not saying I'm going to build my church on Peter. He's saying, I'm going to build my church on this revelation of Peter knowing who I am. And when you know who God is, it unlocks not only who you are, but it has the ability to unlock some things in your life as well. Whenever you're struggling with your identity, you're not going to find it in a self-help book. You are going to find it in the one that created you, that spoke you into being. You're going to find who you are by the one that created you. He says, I will build my church. Now, I need you to get, grab a hold of this because this is important. The word church wasn't even a religious term. The word church was a, it was a, a, a civic group. It wasn't a religious organization. It was a civic organization. And it was established by the Greeks that whenever there was a problem in society, they called out their ecclesia. Everyone say ecclesia. They called the ecclesia together, and the ecclesia were the higher echelon of the community. They were the influencers. They were the financial managers. They were the rich people. They were the solution people. They were the ones that, the idea people. These were the CEOs. These were the influencers, the movers, the shakers. These were the history makers. These were ones that whenever a problem came up, if there was a famine, there was an economic struggle, when there was a problem that was going on in the community, they would call the ecclesia together. And all these bad dudes would come walking in. And they would bring all their influence into that place. And they would gather together to solve the problem. I don't think Jesus would recognize the church today. Because we haven't built his church, we've built our church. And church has become a place where you come... To get blessed instead of coming to get equipped. I didn't like worship today. Worship didn't bless me. Didn't like worship. Well, good. Worship wasn't for you. We're not singing songs about you. Worship didn't do anything for me today. Well, it's not supposed to do anything for you. 
the songs we're singing are about him. So regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you're going through, you come in and you bring a sacrifice of praise to God. You acknowledge who God is. So it doesn't matter whether you like the genre, whether you like the voices, whether you like the music or not. I came to give worship to God because God deserves praise. Somebody in this place better shout to who God is, that God deserves my worship regardless of what I'm going through. But we come in all jacked up from the week, and we come in with this mentality. Somebody better bless me. I've gone through a tough week. I didn't even want to be here. You should be happy. I showed up, Pastor. And so, bless me. Come on. The ecclesia was called out ones. Everyone say called out. They were the influencers. They were the, the, the people that came together. They were the problem solvers, the remedy people. Jesus was saying this, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build a church too, but it's not going to be like the Greek church. It's not going to be like the Roman church. My church is going to affect government. My church is going to affect finance. My church is going to affect education. My church is going to transform families. My church is going to transform communities. My church is going to be the solution makers, the remedy. They're going to come into a community and solve problems, not create them. See, in this, in this day and age, we as a church have become so judgmental of government. Government was never supposed to solve the problem. That's our job. Say it again, Pastor. It's the church's job. We settle for having services. It's not what the church was created for. We weren't created to have service. We were created to give service. Let me explain it to you this way. This is our chalk talk right here. Before we go play, we would always have, we we would practice during the week, get the game plan together, and right before we went to play, the coach would just bring us together in the locker room and tell us, this is what the plan is. Just remind, firing us up, getting ready. This is our chalk talk. We practice during the week. We're, We're just getting together before we're hitting the field right now. That's what this is. This is to empower you. This is to prepare you. This is to rally you. This is to get you prepared. So when you don't come, you don't know the game plan. And that's why you feel lost. That's why you feel disconnected. That's why you're not making a difference. It's not just about money. It's not just about your job. It's about making a difference. That's what the church was. It was about solving problems. Somebody better say amen. Amen. And so the original idea of the church was a group of respected influencers who put their wisdom and their resources together to help improve their community. See, Jesus didn't die for us to have a service. He died so that we can make a difference. You know, that, that was a tweetable moment, Pastor Dan. That was just one of those. <clears throat> Jesus says in Luke chapter 4, he, after fasting 40 days, comes out, takes a scroll and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, set free those that are captive. And, and as he begins to name all these things, you know what he's saying? This is the problem. I'm the remedy. Yeah. This is the problem. 
I'm the remedy. This is the problem. I'm the remedy. To the blind, I'm sight. To the deaf, I'm hearing. To the dead, I'm life. To the poor, I'm the gospel. I want you to understand that you are the remedy. That's what Jesus was saying. I came to solve problems, not create them. I want you to see what's going on. Everyone say revive. Then, then he says this. He goes from there to verse 19. This is where I want to get to this morning. So stay with me. I'm, I, I'm not going to be long this morning. Verse 19 says this. And I will give you, someone say give, the keys of the of heaven. So there's two terms that we're dealing with here. Last week I talked to you about ecclesia. But then Jesus comes in with basilia, kingdom. What do keys do? Unlock. It gives you access. It, it unlocks things. It gives you access. It turns things on that were off. It turns things off that were on. It gives you access. It opens doors. And Jesus says this. Now, listen, Peter. Upon your confession, I'm going to give you the keys to my kingdom. I'm going to give you access to my kingdom. Now, I want you to grab a hold of this. Adam and Eve were given access to the garden, not ownership of it. Please say that again, Pastor. He gave them access to the garden. The problem is, is we start thinking what God gave us access to is ours. And you start treating what you've been given access to as belonging to you. Adam and Eve were given access And as that, they did not ownership. He says, I'm going to let you live here. You take care of it, and I'll let you live here. But they broke the law, so they got kicked out. That word basilia, everyone say basilia. It means royal power, kingship, dominion, rule, the the right or the authority to rule over a kingdom. Now, it's going to go on. You could read what that whole idea of what the kingdom is all about. I'm going to take you somewhere, so stay with me. Miles Monroe, this is his definition of what the kingdom is. I I love Miles. No no greater teacher when it comes to the kingdom than Miles. But that's a long, that's a really long definition of what the kingdom is. So I I love what Pastor Sunday Ajaleha says in regards to the kingdom. He says that the kingdom is God's total solution to man's total problem. God's total solution to man's total problem. So uh, everyone say Basilia. What does Basilia mean? Come on, work with me. We're, we're doing class right now. Come on. Kingdom. Now, Jesus, I need you to understand this, all right? We got the kingdom, but then we also are talking about I will build my, my ecclesia. Basilia. Ecclesia. Now, now you got to follow me on this, all right? The kingdom, or the the ecclesia, the church, is not the kingdom. Jesus says, I'll build my ecclesia, but he came to establish the basilia, the kingdom. I lost about half of you right there. Like, come on, Pastor, I, don't, I, I barely speak English, and you're trying to take me into all these Greek words. Stay with me here, okay? Because something's going to make a lot of sense here in a second, okay? The, the ecclesia, the church, 
is the tool that God uses to bring about the mission, the kingdom. So you cannot build the kingdom apart from the ecclesia. You have to be part of the ecclesia in order to bring about the kingdom. It's not just about the, the, the church was the group of influencers that was the remedy to the problem in their society, but there was a mission that was connected to the church. You cannot build the kingdom apart from the church. You need the church to bring and build the kingdom. So the church is not the end game. But you can't get to the end without being part of the mission, the method. The church is what God uses to bring about the kingdom, the total solution. Now, I need you to understand this and grab grab a hold of this with me. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 9, Therefore, in this manner, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your what? Not your church come. What were we to pray? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? On So where does it start? June, I need you on the base right now, man. Come on up. Get the worship team up here as we close this. I need you to see something here, okay? You got to grab a hold of this. When, When Jacob is laying down and he has this vision of angels ascending and descending, ascending on a ladder and descending back down to earth... Where did the angels start? Where? Earth. Where do we normally associate angels to be? In heaven. But the angels start. He doesn't say they descended and ascended. Jacob had the dream of Jacob's ladder of angels ascending and descending. And every time you look in the word of God where there's an angel mentioned, it always talks about them ascending and descending. It's always ascending first. We ever hear people talk about my guardian angel? The book of Revelation talks about the angels bringing the prayers of the saints before the throne of God. And what they do when they they bring the prayers, as you pray, they take your prayer. You got an angel that takes your prayer. They go up the stairs up to God. They take off up to God. And when they get up to God, they go to the throne of God and they pour out the prayers. Everything that you've requested, they pour out at the throne of God. This is the problem. Some of y'all, you ain't praying. So your angel's bored. Because all you do is watch TV. You're driving. Oh, God. And then a curse word follows after that. That's it. Jesus, oh, oh, that's, he's mad. Angels that aren't doing nothing. They have nothing to take. 
Now, angels that aren't fulfilling their purpose because you're not praying. God would never tell us to pray a prayer that would, what was impossible. Pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on as it is in heaven. So whatever's going on in heaven, we have the right for those things to be here on earth. Is there sickness in heaven? Is there divorce in heaven? Is there, is there food lines in heaven? Are, are people broke in heaven? Are, you follow, are people failing in heaven? No. So everything that God intended us to be is completed in heaven. And so we have the response. I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosen on earth shall be loosened in heaven. See, God would never call us to pray something that was impossible to achieve. So he says this in the last part of verse 19. Whatever you forbid on, where's the starting point? Will be forbid where? Whatever you permit will be. So you got God sitting on the throne. Said, man, I, I don't want you going through what you're going through. I don't want you struggling financially. I don't want you struggling with low self-esteem. I don't want that depression to be part of your life. I don't want you going through that, that lack. I don't want you going through that mindset. I don't want you going through those problems. Let me help you. But you got empty buckets. No prayers. Because the kingdom, God says, let us make, in Genesis 126, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And let them have, let them have, let them have Basilia. Let them have kingdom. Let them have dominion, royal power, authority, right to rule. It's what you were created for. It's what you were designed for. That's why when you close your eyes right now, close your eyes with me real quick. I want you to think of what you would do if there was no chance at failure. Just think right for a moment. What would you do? What would you accomplish? What would you attempt if there was no chance at failure? Some of you are seeing yourself doing great things right now. Speaking in front of thousands, doing, leading a great company. You know why? Because that's the you God intends you to be. Because God always starts with the end in mind. So this morning, I, I want to ask you something. What are you permitting? You can open your eyes. What are you permitting? Somebody, open your eyes. You're, you're going to sleep now. Come on, open your eyes. No, really, wait, open your eyes. So... Who's responsible for the environment going on around you? Go, go back to the scripture real quick for me, sweetheart. Look, look, look what the, whatever, 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 you, you are the you that he's talking about. You are the you, you are the you, you are the you. You, 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 
you, you, you, you, you, you, not them, you, 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 not your ex-husband, not your mom and dad, not your family, not the pastor, not the church, not your, not your, your people around you, not your ex-boyfriend, not your job, not your boss. It's no one else. Whatever you forbid. We got to start drawing the line, line in the sand and say, no, that's not happening in my marriage. No, that's not happening in my family. Uh, That's not happening in my city. That's not happening in my church. It's not going to happen with my grandkids. It's not going to happen in my mind. It's going to stop right here. Stop allowing whatever you, whatever reality you are living right now is a reality you've chose to live. Because whatever you forbid on earth, heaven says, you got it. We got your back. Whatever you permit, allow. Book of Genesis, God says, let there be What he was saying was, I'm permitting light to exist. I'm allowing an atmosphere for light to become a reality. I'm giving permission for light to exist. Whatever you speak, you give permission to live in your life. I ain't never going to amount to anything. I ain't never going to buy a house. I ain't never going to get this car paid off. I ain't never going to get out of debt. We ain't never going to be well. Man, my, our marriage is always going to be jacked up. Man, my kids are always going to be messed up. Man, we never get a break. Man, we never win at anything. That's a Raider fan. We, we, we just, we're always going to, I'm just, I'm just venting right now, okay? We're just always going, we're always going to go through this. We're always going to go through that. We're never going to get this. We're never going to get that. And you wonder why you're living that example because you are speaking words into your life that are creating and allowing those things not to exist. It's time to revive. No, you didn't hear me. I said it's time to revive. I want some things to live. I hear people telling me all the time, you'll never own a building in San Jose. We're going to own a building in San Jose. But you know what? I... I have a hard time spending millions of dollars for a building that we're only going to use on Sundays and Wednesdays. That's a waste. I refuse to do that. I'm not spending all that money and only using it two times a year, two times a week. That's that's wasteful. 
We're going to create a 7-Eleven of churches that's going to be open 24-7. That when someone has a need, they can come in. Whether it's drug addicts, whether it's homeless, whether it's young people, whether it's children. We're going to create an atmosphere that we have the ability to revive some things in our city. Not looking for a handout. I'm looking to make a difference. time to get off your hands it's time to get to work come on stand to your feet it's time to get to work folks are you an influencer then I'm calling you together are you a problem solver I'm calling you together because this church not Pastor Dan's church my church his church I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it some of you have dreams and that this this church is going to become a place that we're going to see dreams released it's going to have such a presence of God that people are going to walk in and dreams that were dead are going to revive it's like breath they're just the breath is going to be breathed into things that were dead, things you gave up on, things that were dried up are all of a sudden going to come to life when you walk into this environment. Because we're, marriages that were dried up are going to come to life. Kids that were lost and messed up are going to walk in and they're going to come to life. Dreams and business ideas are going to, they're going to come to life. Those things are going to revive in your life. Some of, some of you are beginning to get it. And you're like, okay, be cool. Don't, 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 get, don't get excited. Because you're never going to, I'm never going to accomplish that. I believed before and it never happened. Let, let me give you a Greek word in regards to taking authority that you need to speak over those situations right now when those negative thoughts come in, okay? Shut up. Don't speak it. When you think it, stop. Shut up. Hold it. Hold on to it. That, that's a Greek word that means shut up. Some of you get that on the way home, okay? Stop speaking that negativity. You've talked yourself into a season of dryness. You've talked yourself into a season of drought. You've talked yourself into a season of famine. You've talked your marriage into a season of waste. You've talked your business into a season of of brokenness. I need you to know right now that whatever you permit, whatever you decide, I forbid certain things to happen. Heaven comes into agreement with us. Come on, right now, you believe in something to come alive right now. Lift your hands in this place. Come on, you're believing right now believe right I need you to start forbidding some stuff notice this he says forbid first and then permit forbid and then permit because you got to stop some things before you start some things uh, that, that's, that, that was worth the price of admission right now for those of you that are giving okay forbid I want you right now what are things in your mind in your heart in your life that you got to forbid speak it right now come on 
Piedmont speak it over your life right now. I, I forbid those negative thoughts. I for, forbid right now my past. I forbid my past from holding me back any longer. I forbid my low self-esteem. I forbid the color of my skin. I forbid my, my, my mistakes. I forbid those things that I did. I forbid what my mom and dad think about me. I forbid what my family said about me. I forbid right now what side of town I live. I forbid my finances from holding me back. I forbid my education from holding me back. I forbid, come on, forbid right now. I want you to speak over those things. I forbid, come on, speak it. Speak it. You got to speak it. You can't just think it. There's power when you speak it. Come on, declare that atmosphere. I forbid my kid to get lost anymore. Forbid it right now. Speak it right now. And I want you right now to speak revive over those things you are speaking life to right now. I speak life right now over to my my business, over my marriage, over my mind, over my abilities, over my trust. Come on, right now. Come on. Right now, I want you, as Troy begins to sing, these altars are open. I want you to come down and let's believe right now to break free from those things that are dying in our lives. Speak life to them. Come on, right now. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.